0: Describing to us, I believe, the contrast, thank you, the contrast between um, the Old and New Covenant. And to show us, really, believe it or not, the the writer here, who I believe is Paul, most people do, it's not proven, that the Old Covenant is considered here by the writer a failure. Because and it was a failure in terms of justification. It was not a failure in pointing out sin. It was not a failure as to showing us our need for a savior. Do you follow that? In other words, it had purpose. It also had purpose in the sense of um, uh, and again, Paul tells us this. It also had purpose in the sense of shutting our shutting us up says the whole world, before the law, the whole world stands with their mouths shut. In other words, no one can claim anything. No one can say, well, I've kept 99.9% of it. Well, that little part that you missed is enough to condemn you. You have to be either a total, total law or none. And the Bible tells you how many people were justified by the law. How many? Zero. Right. No man, Paul said is justified by the works of the law. Isn't that something? How many? None. And yet we still have people today who think that's the way of God. Try to keep try, make and keep rules. And not only make and keep, but make sure you make and keep them. Praise the Lord. Uh, so you end up with three things. Are you enjoying this? Externalism. Uh, legalism. And judgmentalism. So that's how you end up with the Sanhedrin the San Pugh and view in any church—they are actually like fruit inspectors. I was coming through. If you go down kind of the back roads of Florida, you'll find these old—they're abandoned now—but you'll see these old fruit inspection uh, stops. How many remember going through those? They used to have those. You'd be coming from out of state, you got to stop, and they inspect the fruit and uh, fruit inspection stations. Some churches ought to borrow those signs and put them up in front. <laughs> First fruit inspection church. Come here, we'll inspect your fruit, see how you're doing, and let you know. Praise the Lord. I've even heard preaching like that. People say, "Well, if you're really a Christian, we will know." I remember my mother listening to that, and she said, "Well, who are we? Who are we to you know who who, who are the who are the the lucky people that get to be in the we thing? <laughs> we will know." Like, I guess the preaching what obviously he's a member. He might be the chairman of the board. I don't know. But if you're really a Christian, well that usually means if you're really keeping certain laws and lifestyles and things that we approve of, then you're a Christian. If you're not, you're not. And yet, uh, Paul said that if any man had cause to boast he more than anyone and he was going to take his seven things that he was so proud of including concerning the righteousness of the law, blameless, and counted as done. Now, I don't know if you know the definition of the word "done," but if you don't, I'll just give you a clue. You don't want a lot of it on your shoe when you get in your car. <laughs> in other words, the Apostle Paul picked like the worst thing he could think of to call his merit and his credit. Right. Praise the Lord. So, that if we boast at all, we're boasting in Christ. In what He did. Uh, Brother Hagin used to have a teaching uh, uh, about, uh, um, you know, claiming claiming what you need by faith and, and those things. And, and he said that, um, plead your case, he would say, plead your case like a lawyer. Well, I've heard people do that, and if they've got a works and merit mentality, it'll be interesting hearing them plead their case, as opposed to someone who does it all in Christ. So if I was going to plead my case, what I would say is, Lord, I thank you for Jesus. See, I'm pleading my case for healing. I'm pleading my case for for finances. I'm pleading my case for my wayward children, or whatever the thing may be. Amen? Amen. Pleading my case, I would say, Lord, I'm pleading my case, and so I make it all about Jesus. Amen. pleading my case. Amen. See, so I, I thank you, Lord, number one, that I I I was a sinner, but now I'm a saint because of Christ. I thank you, and you and you go through the gospel in your prayer. Lord, I thank you that Jesus died for me. I thank you that He was buried. I thank you that He's risen. For me, praise the Lord. I thank you that I'm seated with them in heavenly places, far above principalities, power, might, and every name. Lord, you said that I could ask you anything and that you would do it for me. You said if I ask anything to the Father in your name, the Father would give it to me. I'm pleading my case as as an heir of God. And a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and I take off a chunk of my inheritance today for my need to be met. That's pleading your case in a New Testament, New Covenant fashion. If you want to sound like the Pharisee in Luke 18, here's how you do it I'll help you be a Pharisee. You talk about your works, your goodness, all the prayer time you put in, how much offering you've given how you served at the church, all of your labors, and you talk about that, and how long I've been a Christian, and Grandma was a Christian, and Great-Grandma never cut her hair. She had Tower of Babel reaching heaven with her hair. Hallelujah. The higher the hair, the more the glory. And, you know, on and on. And, and you talk about all that stuff all the time, and you can't believe how many, if you listen to Christians, you can't believe how much of that they talk about. And how good of a repenter they are. And want to know if you're repenting properly. Well, the church is full of those folks. The church at large. They'll always be there because it's just temptation. Human flesh wants credit. And so we become merit mongers instead of Christ Jesus Christ. So the more in prayer you talk about Jesus, the more you in prayer talk about what He's done, what He's accomplished, how He's overcome, what is He, I've got to overcome this obstacle, but Christ has overcome the world. I'd just rather just get on His train. Instead of me on the back thing with the, you know, the double donkey thing, you know, going down the track. Is he ever going to read this verse? People are asking him. (laughs) Inquiring minds want to know. (laughs) Hebrews 8. Brother Steve, there's no hope for me. I miss this. this. Hallelujah. Uh, Now, of the things verse 1. Now the things, we're not going to get very far today, you can tell, right? Okay. Now the things which we have spoken, this is the Son. That's a bit a place to start, after he's added in all of We have such a high priest who was set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Or that right there could keep going here. Wow. When you pray to the Father, that's who you're praying to. It is in the name of Jesus, who has overcome every demon, every sickness, every illness, every pain, every suffering. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, that's not the one in Waimama, is talking about heaven, which the Lord pitched and not man. Which the Lord pitched and not man. See, so to, to go, I mean, look, I enjoy going to Israel. I went, as you remember, last last year, and I stood at the place in Shiloh where the tabernacle was pitched.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you gotta watch charismatics, they'll freak out at a place like that. You know, they'll wanna lay down on the dirt or something and absorb something. Well, I know that that seems tempting, but I'm going to tell you, we're talking now, since Jesus has come, since He has uh, been processed through from the cross to the throne, which was not for Him His sake, it was for our sake. Are you following me? Amen. The spot of the original tabernacle is really not a holy spot per se. It's a it's a archaeological spot, and we honor it because of what happened there. But some people stand there like they're expecting the glory to fall in that spot again. It will never fall in that spot again. It's it's a new tabernacle, not made with hands, and which the Lord pitched and not man. So, like, don't be weird. Can I preach like that? Amen. Amen. All right. Because you don't get weird. You can get weird. We had a lady on a trip with us, and she had a bottle of oil she was anointing everything with. And she had a bottle of dried blood that she bought from the occult shop. And uh, she wasn't from my church, thank God. It's another person's church. I'm not taking credit for a lady like that. <laughs> she's a little baddie, brother Don, a little baddie. Little baddie. And uh, and so every time the train would stop, we're in India, every time the train would stop, the track wouldn't work. The they had to get out there with a the crowbar to move it, you know. She'd want to get off the train. Can you imagine the poor conductor? She's got her bottle of blood, and bottle of oil, she's going to anoint everybody. Well, she was being in such a problem, I told the guy I was working with, Jerry Odell, I said, let's let her stay off the train and then when we leave she'll just be out there, she can leave walk and get back to the hotel. This was my idea. You know, see how much space she really has. Just test it. And then I was asking people, have you seen the movie, Throw Mama, from the train? I thought that was an appropriate into the while she's out there anointing the trap with her weirdness. He says, it's people like you that give tongue-talking people a bad name, you know, stuff. I'm serious, they're like wackos. So, you know, so you know, finally, Brother Jerry, who was uh was he her son-in-law, you know, had never met people like this before. He told her, he said, Now put that away, that's weird you know so you know you, know, you can't just go around doing weird stuff and call it call it spiritual it's not spiritual it's weird weird <laughs> <You know. laughs> God is verse 2. Oh, yeah. Tabernacle. Which the Lord pitched and not man. So get over it. Amen. Hallelujah. For every high priest that is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also. If he were on earth, and he's these these where is he where did he say? Where does it say? He's at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. If he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. According to the law. We're going to get a comparison here. Now when you're when you're when I'm done with this, you're going to be happy you're living in the new covenant. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, imagine if you had to bring livestock to church every Sunday. It'd have to be on Saturday, or it'd be, you know, not work. But anyway, bring your, bringing your, you know, some little sister that's just a saint, never does much wrong. She's got a little turtle dove to offer. And then some of us, we have like a whole herd of cattle, <laughs> a water buffalo, my God, an elephant. My God, brother David, what did you do? You don't want to know. But here's the sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> have to have a pen out back. Praise the Lord! We have to have a, another. That'd be another area of serving the Lord in the church. Maintain the livestock until sacrifice day. He says, "According, offer gifts according to the law." Who served unto the example and shadow? It's an example, it was only ever an example and shadow. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: all it ever was. Of the heavenly things. As that why would we wrong for the shadow when we've got the real? Come on. Come on. Amen. Why would we wrong for the glory on the tabernacle made with hands? When we've got the glory on the tabernacle made by the Lord. Amen. Amen. Preach, pastor. Amen. Okay. Amen. I will. Who serve under the example and shadow. Everybody say example and shadow. The
1: example and shadow. We have to
0: take time to tear this apart. Otherwise, unpack it, as they say. Or otherwise, we won't get it. We just like a bunch of words. Mm-hmm. This is important stuff to know. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shown to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained For the second, right? What is the point? Is what he's saying for finding fault with them? Oh, I forgot to say we're happy to have Shannon with us today. Can you give her a hand? <clears throat> Shannon's from Cleveland, Ohio, but we won't hold that against her. But her mother lives here in holiday gets to visit and comes down and she helps us with all of our media now she's trading Marie on the, on, the, on the camera today. Praise the Lord. Alright. If the first covenant had been faultless then should no waste have been sought for the second. Right? What would be the point? Again, what would be the point of having a new one if the old one's working? It can't work. The Bible tells us Paul over and over again the law had a problem in that it could never justify. It, it can it can put a light on sin. It can talk, tell you where you're missing it, but it cannot justify. It. Even if you keep it all beautifully, you can't justify. It. Paul knew this. That's why Paul. A, a, it's, it's a miracle that he's the guy that was chosen, because had it been somebody else who said concerning the righteousness of the law, I was a mess. If they had said that, he we said, well, then he's, he's, he's engineered grace as a covering, which is the accusation of grace preaching. Okay. All of all these grace preachers, they just want to live the only way they want to, and they manufacture grace so that they can cover it. Well, maybe there's somebody like that. I've seen plenty of people before grace was ever mentioned to cover up stuff. We've had... Dirty preachers for years. Just thought I'd tell you that. So you didn't need the grace message to have a dirty preacher. So well, that's just crazy. But the point is, is that how um, many know what I mean? I mean, you know, I mean, I grew up in church. My dad was a preacher my whole life. He was he was pastoring years before I came along. I was practically almost born on the pew. Probably would have been had he allowed it. It had Pentecostal midwives. Can you see that? That would be a, a, a the of that. <laughs> They're right behind the Pentecostal Taliban. But, uh, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I I grew up as a kid hearing about some pastor that committed adultery or some church member that had run off and done something awful. And nobody had ever heard of any kind of grace message or message of righteousness or anything. You know, it was, it was follow the rules and repent when you miss it. That was all we knew. We didn't even do anything about righteousness. And yet there was still wrongdoing. So you can't blame somebody going wacky on Paul's revelation. That is just crazy. Um, but that's what, that's what you'll find in certain places you get anything out of this. Here's the first miracle today. Alright. Now, he said, if the first, again, verse 7, if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Again, the law can point out your faults; It cannot justify. It. Oh, I was going to tell you, so the Apostle Paul, no wonder he was excited about trading him the old model for the new. It's like, I mean, I, I I do remember, I was born in 1957, and it wasn't until the early to mid-60s that cars started coming almost automatically with air conditioning. And I remember riding in a car with no air conditioning in the south, in the summer. So does anybody remember riding in cars with no air? And, and, and riding in cars with with nothing automatic on them, I mean, you almost were Fred Flintstone. Oh, yeah. you know?
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, so, how do you remember when the first time you got a car with, with air conditioning? How about the first time you got a car with an automatic setting on the air conditioning? I remember getting into somebody's Cadillac one time when they first done the climate control thing, where you didn't have to have it, you know, on or off. <laughs> Three speed van. It was, it had a thermostat Praise God, you can maintain a certain, I thought that was really something. And so, you know, why would you want to go back and get into 49 Plymouth if you could ride, drive in something that has automatic air conditioning or automatic whatever? Amen? So it's like, well, I just want the old time way. Well you're in the way, maybe. Because sir, you know, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. but you know, on the other hand you do need to drain the tub from time to time. <laughs> or you're baby himself. places. But there's some weird teaching out here. Over here. Over here. Over here, and it says here the house of Israel and the house of Judah. So if that's not talking about Israel, I don't know who it's talking about. Okay, I'll give up on that. I promise. Help. Lay hands on myself. Follow up with the power. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. I'm pretty sure it's these the lights he's talking about here. Because they continue, and it is the book of Hebrews. I'm just saying, you know, that's all. Because they continue not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant of Christ. And people say, well, this doesn't apply to Jews. This only applies to Gentiles. And we've got full gospel, word of faith people saying that. I I went there anyway. I can't help myself. (laughs) Saying that. They're exempt. And yet, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews didn't get the memo. Come
1: on. Because
0: he says, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. So would that apply to the house of Israel? Yes. Okay, just to make sure I'm not like, you know, brain damaged here. <laughs> After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind. See, so well, we've got the law. It's like, wait a minute, we've got a better deal than something inscribed on stones. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to put my laws into their mind. Now, folks, that's where we're living. Hopefully none of you had to get up and refer to the Ten Commandments to not kill somebody today. Why did you know not to kill somebody today? Because His laws are written on your mind and heart. Well, I'm enjoying this. Me and Shannon. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And this, they shall not teach every man his neighbor. Boy, some people need to hear that. The parking lot prophets. And every man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. So obviously the law couldn't deal with that. Mm -hmm. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Alleluia. Alleluia. Because of Alleluia. why? Because of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. Not reinforcing the old. Preach, pastor. <laughs> In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Or a better word would be obsolete. Because old has different meanings not just talking about age, he's talking about aging to the point of obsolescence and to where it's canceled. If you go to like a museum of like NASA or whatever, they have rockets standing there for you to see, you'll see that they say that all those models are obsolete. They're not using them anymore. If they fired up the motor, it would just blow up and fall down over on the side and hit your mini-man. In that he saith, a new covenant he hath made the first obsolete. Now, that which decayeth and waxeth old or obsolete is ready to disappear. Woo! Okay, I didn't write this, so, you know, if you don't like it, write it. You want a couple more verses? that time, right? Yeah. Now, let's look at chapter 9. And he, and he goes into further, right, further uh, comparison of the Old and New covenant. I want you to look at verse 8. The Holy Ghost This signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him everybody say not Not. could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers, that was different. Washings. Has nothing to do with scuba diving. And carnal ordinances. Carnal ordinances means behavioral rules and regulations. And boy, if you get into certain branches... Of uh, of different religions, you'll find all kinds of stuff you have to do. Ritual cleansings. I mean, it just never ends. Imposed on them until the time of Reformation. That has nothing to do with John Calvin. Just start tell But Christ, being come and High Priest of good things to come. Which has come, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He there's nothing more for him to fulfill regarding redemption, folks. We're not still waiting, oh yeah. See, things to come. He's not done. He's done with that. He paid it all. He sat down after his work was finished. When a bird's tried to fly through the church. But he found there was glass there. <laughs> Thank <they>
1: God.
0: <called> <laughs> it was not the Holy Spirit uh, trying to get in. so do not the something.
1: Right?
0: He's already here in Okay, now it looked more like a sequel. So, uh yeah, he was lost. He'll see it. So, hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Where am some good things to come. Jesus came. Everybody say He came. He came. He, he lived. He lived. He died. He died. He was buried. He, was buried. he rose from the dead. He rose from the, he ascended. From the dead. He ascended. He, ascended. he ascended. And He sat down. He sat down. At the right hand of God. At the right and hand of God. Amen. And we're seated together, Paul told us in Ephesians, we're seated together with Him Amen. in heavenly places. Amen. Amen. Thank you, In other words, He sat down, which is a picture of rest. I've anchored my soul in the heaven of rest. See, haven of rest. He anchored your soul in the haven of rest. The haven of rest is Christ. Not some weird harbor somewhere in Walla Walla land. He's talking about Christ there. And I've anchored my soul there. You anchor after the storm. After the sailing, after the journey, after the arduous way, then you come into a haven of protection, a a little cove or a bay or something, where it's out of the main body of water, and you anchor, and you rest, and you resupply, and you refresh. Amen. Amen. Woo! That'll preach. And you anchor your soul there, and you live in that rest folks are supposed to live in the rest of Christ. In the book of Hebrews, we don't have time to read the entire book of Hebrews today, but Paul talks about that those could not enter in to the promised land because they would not rest in what God had promised. Only, only Joshua and Caleb. So the spirit of faith well, yeah, well, that was the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith is the spirit of rest. In other words, you accept God's word for the thing. Yes. And you sit in it. Sit it yes. And you stand on it. You say, Wow, if you're standing, you're not walking and you're not running and you're not sweating and you're not working. You're resting. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Helping me. Okay. but Christ being come to a high priest of good things to come, which he's already accomplished, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. So quit looking for pieces of the shroud or whatever. Don't be weird. That is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place. Not by the blood of ghosts and calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained past tense, everybody say past tense, eternal Redemption for us. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
1: Not temporary rest.
0: Not touch me one more time, Lord, if it be thy will. No. Eternal redemption.
1: Hallelujah.
0: My redemption is eternal. If you want temporary redemption, then enjoy yourself. I'm going to stick with the word. Amen. Amen. For if... The blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctify it to the purified of the flesh. You ready to shout? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Yeah. Yeah. And nice. We've had enough of those. Yeah. And for this cause, He is the mediator of the New Testament. Yeah. Not some human priest who they got to tie a rope around the ankle to see if he's pure enough, if he's not in his saddle, and then, you know, the poor guy is next. Can you imagine I think I think, uh, nice. Prophet Bob, you're next in line for the. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I'm ready. You know, help me, Jesus. <laughs> for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death did he die. Yes. Is this done? Yes. Is this something coming? Yes. We well, us have a doctor now that there's like another period being inserted there. That's weird. Weird. Okay. For the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of temporary inheritance until you make a mistake eternal. and you don't make it to the altar on Sunday night. No eternal inheritance. Amen. For where a testament is. There must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Amen. That's Christ. And, you know, again, Paul does a great job in Galatians, right, of explaining that once the will, once the guy that wrote the will is dead, you can't change it. Has anybody been to probate court with a piece of property or something? Well, I have. My father died and they screwed up the title. and, and so my, to, for my mom to sell a house, the realtor found the mistake. but had to go to the court to the judge and get the title changed, right?
1: Get
0: my dad's name off of it because it just was a mess. Anyway, had to take the will, praise the Lord. had to give it to the attorney had to go over it. So the judge says, is this the will? Yeah, because it's the last will "Yeah." He there's another will. No, okay, let me look at it. He puts his glasses on his nose and he reads Okay, this is the will. It cannot be changed ever. That's it. Unless you can raise God working from the dead. (laughs) And none of us have been successful at that. And I'm not sure he would be willing to come back anyway. So, you see my point? Uh, You cannot change the will. For where the testament is, there's also necessity of the death of the testator. Okay anyway um, let me see if there's one more verse here I want to use yeah let's actually just jump to the last verse and then we'll, we'll pick back up maybe next week on this if you enjoyed this live amen so Christ verse 28 so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many once. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Amen. And then he goes on to talk about the law again. Every chapter is almost a repeat of the same thing. He keeps telling us, Let's compare, let's compare, let's compare. Why? Because it's the book of Hebrews. He's got to convince these people that they can let go of all that and accept Christ. In the church, we've got the same challenge. In the church, we've got the same challenge with current everyday, you know, modern day believers. Let go of merit-based righteousness and and let go of merit-based righteousness and and adhere to the cross and adhere and say, it's enough. It's enough. It's more than enough. Yes. We used to sing David Engel's little song. You know, it's He's more than enough. More than enough. He's El Shaddai, Amen. the Lord God Almighty. He doesn't just meet your need; He gives you bonuses, Amen. extra, on top. Believe the Scripture. Believe the Word. Ephesians 4. Believe it. Now unto Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we even dare to ask or think, or our eyes' prayer. <laughs> Woo! Well, yes. Lord, if you don't know let me this little, this little. I I, won't do that ever again. I mean, it's like, 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 who are we talking to here? You, you know what I'm saying? We're, this isn't like the food line. This isn't the, the soup kitchen. We're talking to the Lord God Almighty, Creator of the universe. We well, it's not too much to ask for. Just want you to meet my need some way, somehow. People pray stuff like that. They think they're getting a point with God for being, you know, poor mouthed. But actually it's an insult. Yes. Mm-hmm. When He has provided, what an excellent salvation. What an yes. excellent redemption. What an excellent blesser. Hallelujah. Yes. Now unto Him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above Hallelujah. in our highest faith. On the day that we feel like I'm really hit the all cylinders here with my faith. I don't even know what that means anymore. To be honest. Because I just want to rest in Christ. Okay. Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Well, let me get to that further. Well, how's your walk with the Lord? I stopped. I'm just resting. Just to get people's attention. Because they want to know. One thing you want to say, well, A, it's none of your business. B, I'm living in Christ. Yeah. And C, I stopped walking. When he sat down, I sat down in him. I'm in, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm just along for the ride. To see the scenery. And along the way, lead people, he told us that we're ambassadors. And that our, we got one assignment. You know, it's like, you've seen the joke, you know, some guy messes up a deal in the factory. He said, you have one job. You know, one job. And that's, what, that's what you want to say to the church. You got one job, and you do that, one right? The one job, what is it? To tell people that God has reconciled the world. Amen. And beg them, he said, we beg you in Christ's stead be reconciled. Amen. Yes. So with that in mind, I want Sister Pam to come up. Did
1: you
0: enjoy that today? Amen. Amen. Enough preaching in it. Sister Pam, Pastor Pam, uh, ha, uh, is going to lead a uh, an outreach.